Welcome to the Gin Ignite podcast. Whether you want to party or stay in, gin will ignite. This is the weekly show coming to you on a Friday, ready for the weekend, where we go through all things gin. If you want to find more out more information, catch me on Instagram at Gin Ignite or alternatively go to the website www.ginignite.com. Welcome to the show and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to episode 24. Today I'm talking with Harry and Victoria from Cheshire Mobile Bars. They're a husband and wife team. Harry does the bartending and cocktail masterclasses and Victoria is the brains behind the operation. Her words, not mine, I hasten to add. It's so heartwarming to see such a family-run company focusing on their customer's experience and utilising their professionalism to give the clients the best and most unique time. But more from them a little bit later on. Last time I talked about Christmas and I want to talk a bit more about Christmas because it's obviously coming up and we want to make sure that you support your local or favourite distilleries. And there's so many lovely Christmas ideas. I have to say I'm very tempted by the Gower Gin Company Greer Six Pack contains all their gins, including Dragon Strength, which I'm desperate to try. Also, Stockport Gin. They've got the bauble selections back, so you can have the baubles on your Christmas tree We're filled with gin. How good is that? And they've got some great lockdown bundles as well. Now, do you not want to shake your own cocktails at Christmas time or any other time? But you still want to have that extra special drink? Well, check out Cheshire Mobile Bars their national cocktail delivery service. Essentially, you get a proper professional bartender mixing the cocktails for you and sent directly to your door. I also got sent a a gift from Vanessa at SCJ91 for my birthday coming up uh, at the end of this week. And that's from was from Murphy's Gin. And I've posted about it in the weeks. The flavours of it sound amazing. I've got the original orange and passion fruit and pomegranate and kaffir lime, which sounds very, very interesting. Also for Christmas, you know, you could consider subscriptions. Obviously got the Craft Gin Club, the Botanical Trading Company that I've talked about before. And obviously Brick uh, was on a couple of episodes ago. And I just want to also bring up the gin to my tonic. With so many Christmas markets that have been closed, they are doing a virtual gin mess from the 4th to the 6th of December. And if you go to thegintomytonic.com forward slash shop forward slash virtual hyphen Christmas hyphen market you can find out more essentially it costs 10 pounds but if you order some gin ginmus five centiliter samples I believe it's four then you actually can get in for free now cast your minds back I think it was episode seven in fact I'm sure it was episode seven when Nikki Mendes joined us from the only way is gin I'm delighted to say that her gin will be officially available on the 16th of November, so this Monday coming. So congratulations, Nikki. I'm so glad. It's it kind of a big milestone to get to. So please, please support her. If you are very quick, if you get onto her email list or Facebook, you can actually get 10% off. But just this weekend from the 16th of November, it will be normal price. And finally to Lord Jin, thank you very much for joining me last week. I really, really enjoyed myself. You did make a, a really deep impression on me and definitely uh, Ibiza is a destination that I need to go. 
you should also really consider it just for the dirty martini that I posted about this week. It is absolutely sensational with Law Gin. And I, I would say if any UK distributor is listening out there and you wish to bring Law Gin to the UK, please either get in touch with me or Law Gin directly and let's get that sorted out. It would be great if we could get it to the UK for Christmas. My weekly recommendation this week is the Edge Gin, the London Dry. It's been on my recommendation list for the longest time and for some reason it slipped through, but no, not this week. Now, as you know, uh, I'm in touch with Merlin the Wizard from Audley Edge and we get on very well, but we are missing each other at the moment because unfortunately he's been told he can't apparate me to the Wizard's Thatch um, because of lockdown, which is which is not great. We're still, you know, sort of meeting on the Wizards Gin Network, but like Zoom, it's it's not quite the same. The nose of this gin resembles that of a familiar London Dry, but there's something kind of magical about it, which you don't get to to until you really taste it. And on tasting it neat, you get a very smooth London Dry gin. There's a dryness up front, which is kind of the juniper, followed by a sweet finish. When I spoke to Claire about this on the podcast, she said this is the goji beans that they've added, which give you that sort of sweet finish. Now, I've bought the pear and Lawrence gin, and this one is definitely sort of next on my list to buy from the edge. In my test, as normal, I paired this with a Mediterranean tonic, and it made a absolutely fabulous G&T, but it would definitely work with any st standard premium-like tonics or elderflower. So if you want a solid London dry gin with a unique sweet finish, then this is the one for you. And when I buy it, it will have a very proud place on my gin shelf. And now over to the main part of the show, my talk with Harry and Victoria from Cheshire Mobile Bars. I love this quote by Helen Keller. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Cheshire Mobile Bars is the same. Harry has the practical experience with his 10, year, 10 years in hotels, restaurants and bars. Victoria, in her own words, is the brains behind the operation, doing the organising events and promotion. Both roles are pivotal to the success of the business. Cheshire Mobile Bars, given the current situation, may not be the ideal business, but these two will not be beaten and are innovating. Let's find out more. Hello, Harry and Victoria. Hi, Ben. Hello, are you okay? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So you, you both have full-time jobs and a small family. You kind of remind me of, of Brit who came on the, a couple of weeks ago. You're trying to squeeze in time that you simply don't have. You know, I know what it's like, you know, with a, with a job and, a, you know, well, with my dog who wasn't very well this, this week, you know, it, it's really, really difficult. So what made you decide to set up Cheshire Mobile Bars? Um, the main reason we decided to do it was, um, again, like you said, I've been working in the industry for quite a while now, uh, touching a decade. And especially the back end of that was working within the events industry. And okay. we noticed there was a lot of um, room for growth within that part of the industry. Um, and there was a lot of people that were trying to get into it that didn't really come from the same background as me um, in terms of the, the knowledge and the training um, and things like that. So we saw that there was a big gap for a proper bartender to come in um, and start putting on 
proper jobs, basically, um, turning up to um, gigs and houses and uh, people's parties uh, and putting on a proper party for a change. Um, so that that was kind of our inspiration behind it. Uh, and everything else has just kind of fallen into place, I suppose. Excellent. Excellent. And how, how do your roles actually kind of work? So, Victoria, as you... Very... Uh... Very astutely put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very modest, but I'm the brains behind the operation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do the the running of the business, I suppose. So the, the finances, the marketing, um, you know, looking after customers, um, putting quotes together, that kind of thing. Um, right. So I do the logistics side of it, and then Harry looks after the uh, the creative side of it um, and the knowledge behind the actual drinks menus and putting cocktails together and, you know, mixing recipes, um, which has obviously then come in handy for the uh, cocktail delivery as well, which we'll get on to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't spoil the surprise. Oh, <laughs> you've already spoiled it. No, no, I'm joking. Um, you've both sort of been doing sort of private events for, for two years now with, with the company. And um, if you were to go back to yourself you know two years ago at the start of the, your journey in, into running the business what what advice would you give yourself i think we might actually um go for it quicker um because at the start of it we it's not you know it, a lot of the jobs we've got it's kind of grown organically if that makes sense um you know we didn't necessarily push it to begin with we didn't you know put as much energy into it as we could have done because as you say you know we've got the job we've got our full-time jobs and family and such but actually I think I would have said to us you know that the, the jobs are out there and the appetite is out there for these kind of services so go for it um and it's just kind of you know the lockdown and everything that's happened this year has just really been um a bit of a catalyst for people realizing they do want services at home and things like that you know whereas they would have been you know possibly going out more to begin with um so I think it would have been good to scale up quicker to be ready for that, I suppose. But again, it's it's been very difficult to judge um, appetite for services this year and whether we can actually provide them or not. Um, but yeah, I think that would have been our advice to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's good though if you're if you're getting stuff sort of organically and people are you know sort of word of mouth. I always think any business that gets that kind of um, fulfillment of of their their orders that way is 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 much better than somebody that's that's trying to sort of always trying to push their business and trying to get new business you know if you're getting people particularly if they're coming back for you know return visits and that kind of thing that's that's really really great absolutely and i think i think part of that is due to the fact that you know we do differentiate a little um you know so that's definitely helped us yeah absolutely now i do want to find out a lot more about your sort of brand and services but you know I'm, I, I want to get to the exciting bit. Well, exciting for me anyway. Um, the, the bit on cocktails. Um, so, you know, because whenever I have, a, you know, an expert on the show, I, I really like to talk about their expert expertise a sort of a bit more. So let's start very basic. Let's say um, I, I want to, you know, I'm completely new to, to cocktail creation. Now, you'll notice that I call it cocktail creation in this episode because I know that Harry does not like the word mixology. So I've mentioned the M word just once, which I promised I would only do. I won't mention it again. But what would what would what equipment would you recommend to get into to cocktail creation? Um, so any bartender worth their salt will know that you need, I'd probably say, a handful of um, pieces of equipment to make any cocktail. Um, I'd say your key one is your shaker. 
um, which can be in numerous forms. One of the most popular is your Boston. Um, that comes with the, the tin part on the bottom and the glass on the top. Uh, that can be mixed up to be uh, tin on tin, or you can kind of get the more classic martini style, which is the three parts that you can tend to see like in the old James Bond films. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you then need your, your strainer of some form, so you don't want all your little bits, you know, whether you're, you're, you're making a, a fruit daiquiri or, you know, you're, you're shaking heavily over ice, you don't want all that going into your drink. Um, but then on the flip side of that, there's so many classic cocktails that need to be stirred. So I'd definitely say a bar spoon uh, and one of your mixing glasses as well. So as long as you've got those kind of five key pieces of equipment, um, you can pretty much make whatever you want. Uh, all you need is the ingredients. And, and let's say, you know, I kind of get, give, you know, I'm at home, you know, I, well, let's hope we're not still in lockdown, but let, let's say we are in lockdown. Um <laughs> And I get given a bottle of spirit that somebody knows I particularly like. Obviously, in my case, it'll probably be gin, but you know, it could be rum, it could be vodka, whatever it, whatever. And I, I want to start sort of um, making a, a cocktail. And let's say I want to just try and go a little bit um, off piste. You know, I, I, I don't want to. I maybe want to stick to roughly what the classic recipe, but maybe there's something else that I want to add in. What, what? What do you look for when when you're creating cocktails? Is it sort of the basic alcohol and, and sort of build from there, or uh, is it botanicals or, or where it's based from, or where, where do you sort of start? Um, I mean, the key the, the key does always kind of lie with your with your core spirit. So whether that be vodka, gin, rum, whiskey, tequila, um, and then variations of you know you've you've really started to branch out with things like pisco and brandy and and. and and alike um you've also then got to kind of think of what kind of drink you want right whether you know you're if you want something short in terms of like a martini or something over ice like an old-fashioned or whether you want something a bit more uh summery like a a hurricane or um a, a sex on the beach or something a bit more classic like that um so from there you kind of adapt um and use use your base spirit um and then tailor everything else around it so i mean your classics literally rely on your base spirit sugars bitters and maybe one other ingredient okay a lot of citrus is used so lime and lemon juice um but then you've got variations of so modern day classics like the uh porn star martini really relies quite heavily on uh, more exotic flavors like your passion fruit so using your juices using your fresh fruit um and and bringing things into into play that way um so yeah i mean definitely i definitely start with your with your base spirit okay um and then work on what what it is that you want to get out of it i mean there's a lot of recipes out online now where people uh you know promoting and and using you know um their own kind of twists on things um but the best thing about cocktails is that it's they're designed to be fun they're designed to be creative that's why there are so many of them available um so you know play around with it and if you know if you don't like it i mean it's still alcohol at the end (laughs) of the day so (laughs) well absolutely Uh, so i i I, i've kind of got into you know i'm very very on on the very sort of basic path but you know i've tried to sort of do my own sort of takes on certain cocktails but the the problem i struggle with is sort of garnishing them to 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 give them sort of a bit of pizzazz i don't mean you know i can put a garnish in them obviously you know i you know i made a dirty martini last night and i put you know olives in it but it just doesn't look 
brilliant so what what um advice would you give uh, give somebody to sort of make their sort of cocktail and maybe stand out just from a sort of presentation point of view like for example how, how do you curl the lemon peel on a martini or you know add edible flowers or so little bar trick with curling lemon peels is uh wrap it around a straw oh okay so get the straw get the lemon peel and literally just wrap it around when you pull a straw out the coil stays um, wow. and use it that way and um, once once you've kind of got that down to a t you can start doing it yourself and it becomes a lot quicker okay um so yeah that's that's probably the easiest way to do the curls and things like that when it comes to cocktails like your mojito right um it really is go big or go home <laughs> um, so yeah put as much mint in there use you know icing sugar edible flowers all that kind of stuff whatever you can get your hands on but yeah go big or go home um but then if you really want to kind of go for your more premium style look um there's a great instagram page and it's world's uh, 50 best bars okay um and you actually look at some of the cocktails on there and you know the cocktails look amazing you look at the ingredients you're like hang on i can make that at home but what sets it apart is the garnish there's one that came up today uh, about lunchtime and it was uh garnished with caviar wow um so there's again go big or go home you know go and spend 100 pounds on a tub of caviar and put it put it over your cocktails but you know when you're making them at home um and it, it really is whatever you want. I mean, I've done cocktail competitions before where, again, it's um, who can come up with the weirdest and most wonderful um, uh, garnishes. And honestly, I've seen all sorts go into cocktails, things that shouldn't be repeated uh, on, <laughs> uh, on air. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it, it comes down to personal preference, what what you really want to get out of it um but again just pay homage to the classics for example like you said with the dirty martini the dirty martini classically is just garnished with an olive on a toothpick and that is how the classic should be um how it should be served um if i was to order it um in a bar then yeah i wouldn't expect anything more or less yeah well i i went a little bit you know you, you said go big and go home i went with five five olives on a on a cocktail stick but you know <laughs> excellent so you do like it dry, then, definitely. so how how did you sort of get into cocktail making you know what 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 inspires you personally to create cocktails for other people um my inspiration a lot actually it, it comes from food uh, quite a lot. Okay. So understanding what flavor profiles work together, and how to how to marry that, and how to pick that out in terms of the flavors that are on offer um, in in your bar. So um, if someone came up to me asking for a cocktail that tasted like a, a roast dinner, for example, okay, really kind of out there, but you know you have got um, spirits, liqueurs, um, juices ingredients at your disposal and um, to make into those flavor profiles so you know you can get some really meaty style whiskies you can get some really kind of sweet appley liqueurs um you can world's your oyster when it comes to alcohol and ingredients and things like that so knowing what flavor profiles work well together as well is kind of key um you know yes you can go 
you know, I, I use it for go big or go home. But when it comes to flavor profiles, you do have to be quite delicate with it. Um, for example, one of my favorite cocktails is a Cosmopolitan. Um, very kind of sex in the city, but it's one of the most underrated cocktails because it, the balance of it is so so delicate. If you don't get it right, you don't get a good cocktail. Sure. Um, so knowing how those flavor profiles work together, um, that's where a lot of the inspiration comes from. And again, making a cocktail for one person, you're not going to get you're not going to create the same cocktail for the next 10 people because everyone's got a different palette. Everyone's got a different personality. Everyone is looking for something different in that moment. Um, so using the person and themselves and their experiences and what they want to get out of the drink as well as inspiration is, is kind of key. And, and how, how would you describe that sort of creative process? You know, if, if somebody walks up to the bar and, and, Let's because you know obviously we're all about gin or uh, the podcast is. Let's say some, somebody says I really like gin. How how would you just how would you start with that? Um, the main thing again, the, the, the beauty of gin is there's so many variations. There's so many different flavor profiles out there. If someone comes up to you and says they like gin, um, there's going to be a gin out there that they don't like, and there's going to be a gin out there that they that they absolutely adore. Sure. So finding what those are is is key asking open-ended questions figuring out um what it is they do and don't like the don't like is very important as well because you know yes someone can say oh what do you like in the oh, i like gin but if you say to them what they don't like and they go oh well i don't like lime i don't like orange i don't like you know uh, passion fruit then you know not to include those things because it's not going to be something that you know ticks ticks the box for sure um so those kind of open-ended questions figuring out what it is they do and don't like and and kind of coming again full circle into their experience of saying you know coming on holiday for example especially if you know you're in a theme bar like a rum a rum shack or something right um chances are they've been to the caribbean if they're coming for a rum drink now Caribbean produces so many different types of rum. It could be they're after white rum, spice rum, coconut rum, dark rum. There's so many different variations and options out there. You really kind of need to find out the the details. Sure. And do that in a friendly, open manner rather than just grilling them like it's an, <laughs> like it's an interview. Um, you know, involve them in the conversation. Talk to them about your experience and their experience and make it a an experience for the customer bartending is about hosting isn't it it's not just about making drinks it's not you know it's it's a, a relationship between the bartender and the customer um you know and that relationship might only be two minutes three minutes while you're ordering a drink but in that moment the art of a bartender is making that customer feel like they're the only person in the world for a minute and just concentrate on them and make them feel that little bit special because then that drink put in front of them, you know, is exactly what they want and, you know, can make or break your night, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to to build the relationship with the customer as well as your own artistry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, I think so many people say, oh, well, I can just run a bar. And, yeah, you can, you know, any, well, not anybody can pull pints, but, you know, you can pull a pint and you can, yes. you know, serve a glass of wine and stuff like that. But when it comes down to cocktails, there's definitely something that's a bit more special and even um you know sort of taking it forward i mean if somebody asks you to do a, a g and t let's say not a classical one but let's say i don't know they they come up with um 
I, I really like hibiscus, for example, and so you, you happen to have a hibiscus tonic there. What 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 sort of goes through your head when you're thinking, right, okay, it's a G and T. How how do how would you sort of go about sort of pairing that to a particular gin, for example? Well, when it comes to you, you, you want your flavour to either come from the gin or from the tonic. You don't want to go too big on either side, right? Um, purely because it starts they start to fight too much. Yeah. Um, so when you when you really like your hibiscus tonic you you're after like a just a london dry gin that you know yes you taste the gin but it's not the the flavor profile isn't going to fight too much with the hibiscus if you were to mix it with something like uh, brockman's which is very very heavy you're going to get so many flavor profiles mixing in there that it's just not going to take i mean if that's what you like there's nothing wrong with that but in terms of someone coming up to the bar for the first time and, and asking for a hibiscus tonic and gin, then you know it would be a London dry gin because I don't want it to fight too much. You want to taste that hibiscus tonic. Um, and vice versa. So if someone came up asking for a very flavoursome gin, pink peppercorn, for example, being really popular and quite a big flavour, um, you really kind of want to dial, dial it back on, on the tonic. So you, you're looking at um, a light tonic or just a plain Indian tonic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you've just sort of described in in a few sentences exactly what the art form is of being, you know, good at, yeah. at bartending. I mean, it's just, you know, it it is... I think almost a forgotten art sometimes, you know, because you, you see so many, you go into a bar, well, when you're allowed to go into a bar, obviously, um, yeah. you know, those kind of things just don't get asked and it is really, really important. And, um, you know, definitely shout out to Brockman's. I love a Brockman's, but you definitely don't want to put a hibiscus Johnny with it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's, let's assume for one minute that we're, you know, I know we're locked down at the moment. Let's assume we're not locked down. And let's say I fancy doing something a bit different at Christmas time. So I don't want to just follow the normal path of having a bit of Prosecco and a bit of champagne. I want my guests coming to, to my Christmas day to do, do something different. So I ask you to do a masterclass. What makes your masterclass different? I suppose that would be me um, in, in a nutshell. Okay. Um, so... Masterclass is uh, something that a lot of bars offer, a lot of companies offer, but don't actually know what it entails. So some people, I mean, you know, Victoria's probably the best one to talk about this purely because she's actually done some of the masterclasses out there. Yeah. Um, I've always been on the other side of it, teaching them. Sure. So I think there's, you know, and, you know, speaking from experiences from the ones I've done, because again, I'm looking at this as more of a novice as opposed to Harry's an expert. So I have more of a, a customer viewpoint of it, um, of the experience than he does. He's on the other side. Yeah. Um, what I don't want is, um, as has happened before in tastings and masterclasses I've been to, is a printout worksheet or you know a printed out sheet with a couple of um you know photographs of different garnishes and you know herbs and things that they've gone into gins and name name that garnish you know that's not what I want really which is what you get from a lot of companies out there and I don't know I don't know whether that's born out of lack of knowledge I don't know whether that's born out of someone who has sort of founded the um experiences who isn't actually a bartender I think probably a com combination of of both you know it... you know and, and that comes across 
um, because if somebody, you know, asked me without Harry to put, you know, a cocktail masterclass or whatever on, that's probably what I'd do. I'd probably go on Google and get a couple of pictures and print that worksheet, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, you know, it's, it's Harry's expertise that I'm relying on. So the difference, I think the way we differentiate, it's it's a masterclass you know, in its in its true sense, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm blowing your trumpet here. I think this is probably why I'm speaking on your behalf. Um, but it's you know, it's it's a meet the expert masterclass, and we're not sticking to a set agenda. Yes, we'll have a recipe, and we don't, for instance, dictate what the recipes are going to be. We discuss that with the customer. Um, you know, it's which cocktails would you like to learn or what sort of thing do you like? And let's build a menu around that. It's not you get a set menu. We only do these three cocktails in a masterclass. Sure. That's not the case at all. You know, and that's that's really important because a lot of masterclass packages that you get out there, you will be given a set menu. Um, so I think that's where we where we differentiate ourselves really is that it is more of an experience built around the customer. And you could ask Harry whatever you want to ask and and he'll know the answer to it you know it's not um you can you can really delve into cocktail making um or you can have it basic you know it's completely what the customer wants um so i think that's where we're we're slightly different to a lot of companies out there and and if we were to take sort of those two examples so so let's say we we we've got a somebody that says look i don't know anything about cocktails i want my guests to come for my Christmas day and I want them to learn about three basic cocktails. What would be sort of the program events that you'd kind of do for, for that, for that in that scenario? The key point would be to understand their level of understanding sure. about cocktails. So if they are complete novices, you know, you can almost treat them as such, but not in a negative way. So um, there's no point in me using big, complicated, industry-known words to someone who's just going to go, sorry, what? Um, whereas if someone who has actually worked a bit in the bar before or actually you know, studies cocktails at home, um, I can go into a lot more detail with them and, and how how the process is. Um, some people want to be really involved. Some people really want to you know, roll the street sleeves up and dive behind the bar and get, you know, a couple of battle scars from it. Um, <laughs> others, others are really well. I just, I just want a drink. So yeah, great. Show me. But so it's understanding how involved people want to be. Um, it's understanding how what the host expects as well. Um, is all is always a key. Um, because ultimately they're the ones that are paying. You. Yeah, sure. Um, if if the host wants you to be really involved in doing backflips and things to to make your cocktails, then you know you better learn how to do backflips. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it really is a case of actually understanding, um, and that comes through communication. Um, I think that's probably the key point um, with with the masterclasses. Um, so. Yeah, and I mean, it, it can change again once once you get there. Some people turn up to a masterclass being, you know, oh, well, you know, I've kind of been dragged here to being the most enthusiastic cocktail wannabe bartender in the world and going home and, you know, purchasing a full bar kit to take home and, you know, all the all the ingredients to make their favourite drinks. So it's, it, yeah, it's involving people to the level that they want to be and finding that person's comfort zone as well. What happens if, if it's sort of on the other side? So somebody comes along and starts reeling off all the technical jargon, 
they've kind of got all the gear, you know, they're ready to go. Um, and they're kind of like, right, I want you to show me how to, you know, create my own cocktail. You know, these are the cocktails I like. Um, you know, let's take me as an example. I sort of say, right, okay, well, I'm I'm into all the martinis you can possibly give me, you know, but yeah. I want to create a special, you know, birthday martini. Um, I, I you know, I like gin, you know, obviously I like like martini as well. You know, I, I can't I'm okay with citrus and that kind of thing how, how would you kind of yeah. go about that because you probably have to you know if i'm honest you probably have to dial me back a little bit going yeah, <laughs> yeah. ben get out of the bar get out of the bar ben go on do you want to jump ben? <laughs> no you know what it, it, it when when you when you come across people like that it's actually a breath of fresh air because it's just nice to see that someone actually is passionate about the same thing that you are um so, you know, I would encourage you to jump behind the bar and get creative and, you know, try new things and talk to you about, you know, things that you've tried in the past and what works and what doesn't work and share experiences of, oh, well, actually, I had a customer once who really wanted, um, you know, something a bit different. I mean, one of the best examples of uh, weird, weird and wonderful martinis is a breakfast martini. I don't know if you ever tried Oh, one. no, no, no. Tell me more. <laughs> so a breakfast martini is... Uh, is um, Gin, sweet vermouth, lemon, and marmalade. Oh, nice. All flavours I love. <laughs> yeah, on, on paper, you're like, what? Like, that? okay, make it, and it's one of the best drinks you'll ever try. We've got Pim's marmalade, don't we? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, it pretty much all went into breakfast martinis. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the kind of weird and wacky and but, but that's how new cocktails get made um you, the, the, literally the sky is the limit when it comes to creations when it comes to new interesting uh, variations but that's that's where the kind of cocktails start to lose themselves at the same time that they are variations of each other sure. your classics are classics because they have stood the test of time they are also again going back to them they are made from mainly three ingredients um the variations of such are um you know you add other things to it you you change a recipe slightly you use a different brand of gin or vodka or rum or whatever to get a different flavor profile but the nitty-gritty of it is is it is just a variation sure. so but variations allow you to um to serve that style of drink to numerous people so, you know, you could have one one product and serve it in twelve different ways to twelve different people. Um, they're all variations of, but um, I think as well, you know, and something that we like to do, or Harry's good at, is kind of taking away. I think sometimes there's a sorry, Harry, there's a perception around mixology, the M word. Um, oh, you've you've mentioned it. Quite... <laughs> I did, so I'm going to get in trouble later. Um. I think and part of the reason why he's not so keen on the word is because it's quite prohibitive. Um, sure. I think it makes, um, you know, cocktail bar tending out to be something that, you know, is quite an elite thing. But let's be honest, we all have different tastes. We all have different, you know, there's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way to make your drink. Uh, you know, the, the way you like it is the way you like it. So, you know, I think it discourages people from actually just having a go, pick up some gin, pick up some garnishes, pick up whatever you want to and just, 
just go for it um you know which is what we kind of try we like to do when we're either you know bartending at an event or you know we're doing a masterclass or whatever is try and take that kind of perception away from bartending in that you know it is fun it is for everyone actually the craft and the trade is built around people having a good time um you know so we we don't like the prohibitive nature of you know the way bartending is somehow made sometimes made out to be so you know we try and make that open for everyone if you want to have a go have a go if you get it gloriously wrong which i tend to do go for it do you know what i mean so um that's kind of very much how we feel about that it's really interesting you say that because um the last sort of two people um uh, vanessa uh, who sort of put us in touch at SEJ 91 yeah. um Hi, vanessa. <laughs> and and also um mark uh, the wandering bartender they both said exactly the same thing that so many yeah. people make it into this you know you well you can't really come into my bar unless you you know you know exactly you know what a yeah. um fine strainer does absolutely yeah and there's plenty of, no and you're right and there's plenty of bartenders who will make you what they want to make you and that's that absolutely um and you know that's that's not us at all and it sounds <clears throat> from what you're saying which is a really positive thing that there's more of a movement out there now to get rid of that um and to scrap that and to you know make it fun again well and i hate to use the word sort of authentic but i think in yeah. this context it is right you know there are yeah. quite a lot of authentic bartenders out there that really know their craft and yeah. there are a lot of people out there that don't necessarily know their craft but pretend they do and then they want to make it all yeah. elite and it just doesn't work yes. i don't think from for a lot of customers no, because if you try and get close to, I mean, it's the same for any profession, isn't it? If you get close to that person and actually a little bit of questioning will reveal relatively quickly that they don't actually have the training of the craft to do it. Um, you know, so if you have found, you know, a bartender somewhere who will stick to the same recipes and make you what they make you, regardless of what you've said about what you prefer, that's probably because that's all they know to do. Exactly. Um, you know, so we try and sort of come away from that. You know and give a bit of a, a bit of a different experience and, and talking about a different experience obviously we're locked down at the moment but let's say um i've got a couple of friends and they've got the equipment would you still be able to run a master class over zoom dare i say the z word yeah totally absolutely we're due to do one actually we're, I don't, that, oh we fantastic i think we ran a, we were on a competition on instagram um for someone to win oh you one. did but, yes yeah. i saw that yeah, so we totally, 100%, um, you know, we don't need to be there in person. And, you know, we, again, we don't even need you to have the right equipment. Have you got a jam jar that you can shake a cocktail in? You know, fine, cool. You know, we're, you know, we're not going to, you know, make it prohibitive in any way. If you can shake the cocktail, you can shake the cocktail and that's it. Great. Um, you know, so any way you want to do it, if you want to do it on Zoom, if you want to do it, you know you know whatever upside down backwards you know we'll we'll cater to that and that you know this is because we are you know like you said at the beginning we are a little family business um you know it's the two of us um you know an expert bartender and a not so and <laughs> you know we can create a, we can create a package around you you know yeah. yeah and i think that's really that's really sort of important so let's say it's 2021 and we're actually start to be coming out of lockdown everybody's obviously happy and now they want to impress their nearest and dearest with their own bar cue the music yeah. and you come in on your white charger jazz hands jazz hands everything like that you've set up the mobile bar what makes you different to everybody else with a with a mobile bar so there are um 
a lot of mobile bar companies out there who are higher companies in you know in their essence right you are hiring you're hiring the bar you're hiring the equipment um which is is absolutely fine if that's what you want if you just want bar hire that you know that serves the purpose um but we the bar hire itself is almost secondary that's not our core business model yes we hire the equipment but that's part of the bigger uh you know the bigger thing um you know what really sort of fires our passions is actually working with that customer to create an experience that they and their friends and family can really enjoy and when you know when we pull that off it's just it's a great feeling you know when we're driving the van away from that party or whatever you know it's it's a great feeling because we've built a relationship with that customer sometimes only over a few days you know people come to us and say oh my goodness i've got something to i need to do something this friday can you help and of course we say yes um but you know, when we build the menu around them, we ask for um, we're, we've done a menu for a household party that's going to happen this weekend where they were supposed to be going to Jamaica for a 40th. Um, oh, okay. So we've, we've designed their menu around Jamaican rum cocktails, um, you know, and basically what you're getting from us is the bar experience. Um, as if you go into a bar, you can sit at the bar in your home in your garden, wherever that may be. And there's something about that. Uh, we did a 40th a while ago where, you know, when, when that brief interlude of things being locked down was lifted a bit. Um, and the lady just said, wow, how nice is it to be able to sit at a bar for, again, that's not, I know she's not done it in months, but you're not having to jostle past, you know, queues of people and all the rest of it. Because when everything lifts, it's going to be mad out there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Everybody will be flooding into the bars, flooding into the pubs, which is completely understandable and will be one of them. Um, But the fact is we are giving you another option where we can set up the marquee gazebo bar, whatever, in your garden, kitchen, whatever that might look like. And you can have your friends and family around and you can have your own bar experience with your own bartender um, without all that craziness that is likely to happen yeah absolutely but it sounds absolutely fabulous but what happens if i felt like really switching it up you know money no object go wild what would you do you know what happens if i wanted a bond theme for example what 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 could you do to go absolutely to the end of the year that's, that's where i go mad <laughs> go mad um so we do, yeah that's where i go mad so we do actually do um decorations Oh, okay. events as well so so all the flower panels you see are like on our instagram that's ours uh the balloon arches that's ours um you know and we do um partner up with a couple of other companies you know that do the light up numbers and all that kind of thing events dressers balloon people um so if you t- if you ask us and you say can you put a party on for us the answer is yes um you know you you give us a theme and we will do it um like i said we're doing the jamaican setup on uh this weekend and we're doing like a jamaican color balloon arch and all the rest of it it's oh, wow. you know we could you name it we can do it. it you know that's just no worries and actually it's really fun for me because i get to go crazy um <laughs> so yeah it is more it's it's for, for us as i say we're not just a we're not just a higher company it's less about hiring out the equipment and more about creating the experience that's what we're about and uh, have you got any sort of particular themes that sort of stand, stand out that you could you could sort of maybe tell us about? Well, we've been doing quite um, similar events, I think, really, where it's like hen parties, okay. birthdays and things where the colour schemes have been um, pretty, pretty much the same. So actually, speaking of on that subject, this Jamaican one is actually really, 
really excited because I can go a bit, go a bit nuts with it, and we, you know, <laughs> we can um, get some different rooms in, and you know, get different decorations in, and you know, we are doing a masterclass actually for that. So, you know, it's all, oh, um, it's all really cool. Yeah, so we love that kind of thing. Definitely, that's what that's what fires us. Yeah, I, I definitely need to get into rum a, a bit more because quite a lot of uh, the one thing I found, uh, you know, out of doing quite a few podcasts is that. Uh, Rum definitely seems to be the next big thing, so I definitely need to get into. We discussed that a few times. Yeah, I mean, my I, I'm the same as you, Ben. I love gin, um, but I think rum definitely is definitely is getting there. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to 2020, and we're in lockdown. You come up with a, a really innovative idea with, as cocktail delivery. Now, it's not something I've really heard of. You know, obviously, I've seen in the supermarkets, you know, you can get mass produced sort of cocktails. But this is a bit different. How did you come up with the idea? Well, during lockdown part one, um, (laughs) as it shall be known, um, we we were making cocktails for ourselves. um, And... I think one day uh, I got a bit carried away and made quite a big batch. Um, <laughs> so put it in a bottle and put it in the fridge. Um, and I was like, well, you know, if we're making cocktails at home, and again, you know, I, I am a cocktail bartender, I can do that. There, there's a lot of people out there that either can do it but can't be bothered. There's a lot of people like, you know, like you said, that are, are wanting to learn, but again, don't want to um go out and buy all the ingredients especially in this current climate where we don't know whether you know some people are going to get a paycheck or not yeah um so you know the idea kind of came about that well you know let's take the bar to you and okay well we we can't physically take the bar to you because we're not allowed to no sure um so let's take the cocktails to you then um there are a few companies out there doing it um you know if you give it a quick google search you'll find some and i think it's quite big on a local level obviously you know bars not being etc there's a lot of bars virtually all of them doing click and collect services or you know local services where you can go and get cocktails whatever you know they put themselves on you know various delivery sites or whatever okay um but the difference with us is that we're national oh wow we'll we'll send it anywhere um so it's not just a case of you know you've got to get it from your local bar we you can sit at home um on the internet you can order from us and we'll send it to you and it's a fresh bartender mixed cocktail there's no rebottling there's no you know some of them that you see out there look like water you know they they, they must be a diluted mix um you know well i bought i've bought the odd one in the supermarket and it's just not you know it might be called long island iced tea but it really isn't <laughs> yeah but it's definitely not and they're so sugary you know if you look at the sugar content of these things or it's these freeze at home type ones and they just never quite come out right um so these are bar tender cocktails that you would expect if you walked into a cocktail bar and we'll bottle it and we'll send it to you um so that's the difference with ours um that it really is truly a crafted cocktail um you know we've got a few different things on there we've got um you know a few of our own creations we've got some christmas cocktails on there you know like your eggnog and we came up with a gingerbread white russian um you know and then there's all the ones the classics that you'd expect and like to see on there as well you know from your porn star martinis to as you say your long island iced teas so we've tried to do a bit of a menu that's got something for everyone um if that makes sense but yeah they are truly fresh and we'll send them to you fresh okay and 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 they get sent but how long will they last for 
So alcohol is a fantastic preserver. <laughs> um, so they are freshly bottled and sealed. So um, okay. they will last for a good couple of weeks in the fridge. Okay. Um, so keep them refrigerated. When you need to serve it, give it a good shake. Um, if you've got a shaker, feel free to use your shaker, but you can shake it in the bottle. You know, it doesn't matter either way because when we bottle it, we've already bossed and shaken it with ice. Okay. Um, so it's, it's the right dilution, etc. So all you need to do is chill it, shake it, serve it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we've got a couple of dairy options on the menu there, but we can make them non-dairy. That's no issue if anybody needs that. Um, you know, as I say, going back to that point that there's a bartender here making them, um, if you want something that's off-menu that's a bit different, you know, we have a... Um, a text box in there say, saying, you know, if you like cocktails a certain way, please let us know because they are made fresh to order. Um, so if you decide you want something weird, wacky and wonderful, um, then we can do that for you and send it, no problem. And and how much does it cost? So for this, we've staged it that they effectively work out at either £6 per serve or £7 per serve. Okay. Um, so, and then if it's nationwide delivery, there's just three ninety nine shipping on top of that. So we, we wanted to make sure that you were getting really good value for a, for a, a very good cocktail. Sure. Um, you know, the prices that you'd pay in a bar. I mean, obviously that varies wherever in the, in the UK that you are. Um, but you know, if you're in London, you can be paying anything for a cocktail. I mean, you know, you could, you'd probably need a mortgage for a night out in some places these days. Um, but, you know, we want to make a really reasonable price for what is what you would expect when you walk in a bar. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm obviously getting very old because every time I walk into a bar, I'm like, how much? <laughs> I know, I'll do that too. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. um, uh, and, and what happens if you sort of thought, do you know what? You know, we're in we're in lockdown, but I really fancy getting a few friends around and I want a few cocktails can is is the sort of a bulk purchase op- option that you offer or something like that well yeah I mean you know we'd always invite people to just get in touch okay um, just send a message um you know we're, we're not a huge company we're not an automated bottling plant or anything like that just get in touch okay. you know if there's something that you want we'll 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 absolutely look into that for you. You know, if you want something, um, you know, or an array of different cocktails, or if you want them made slightly differently, or whatever it is you want, um, you know, we would always always encourage that. And and sort of coming on to your, you know, sort of moving away from the, the sort of alcohol as much as it, you know, pains me to do so, and and, <laughs> and sort of looking at your brand, how would you describe the Cheshire Mobile Bars brand? So. Our, the the reason why, I mean, we, we kind of live in South Manchester on kind of the border of Cheshire, but a lot of our business has been in Cheshire, which is why that kind of, um you know, why that branding grew like that. Okay. Um, you know, that's where a lot of the private parties that we do and that kind of thing, that, that that's where they are. Um, but we, you know, we have... I guess the feeling, if you want to go into a sort of marketing perspective of it, you know, we have like the black and gold colours, the more kind of luxurious colours, is that we want to portray that our products are quality. Absolutely. Um, you know, they're not, you know, we may have reasonable prices, but we're not we're not cheap. That You know, these are not rubbish cocktails. Like you say, the, the sort of stuff you get in the supermarket, you know, what you're getting from us, whether you hire us for an event or whether you hire us, you know, to send you some cocktails is quality. Um, so that's kind of the, the you know the feel of the brand and what we're going for to portray like that. But you know, at our core, um, you know, we'll say this on our website and all that kind of thing is we are a family company. Yeah. Um, you know, we are a small business and will always remain so. 
Um, and so that's the standard of customer service you get. If you email us or send us a message, you're not going to get, you know, a pre-scripted response. Um, you're going to get me on the other end of the message, you know. Um, so that's kind of what the brand means to us. And we're kind of very, um, very protected and very proud of that. Um, you know, we've both got years behind us in customer service. Um, sure. So we're very passionate about that and, that you know, that people get a fantastic experience from us because ultimately, you know, speaking from a purely business perspective, if we don't provide a good service we're a, and we're a small business, well, then people just won't come back. No, absolutely. Um, so that's, you know, the, the, the business side of it for a start. But we want to treat people well. You know, we, we value our customers and we're so grateful for every inquiry and every booking that comes in. Um, you know, and we'll treat your family party as if it was our family party. Um, you know, so that's very much what the brand means to us. And and where where do you think the 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 brand's going to go next? You know, you've 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 branched out in sort of three key areas. You know, where where can you see it going next? Um, I think that's a difficult question for it because I don't think we ever particularly anticipated. Yeah, the the bread and butter of the business is the the events, the parties, sure. the the, bar, the the higher the bartender, higher that kind of stuff. The 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 bottle cocktails was um, a way to ensure. Uh, or at least attempt to ensure that the business survives yeah absolutely um, through you know these difficult times and um, whilst also you know on the flip side of that you know keeping us i suppose in, in the public eye in in, in in a way yeah um so i mean you know if this really does uh work out and um you know become something that is uh really viable for us then it is something that um you know we, we will keep within the business plan um, and, and, and adapt and, and move that forward. Um, it also means that you know people who who love the idea of having cocktails at a party, but don't quite have the budget for you know the full shebang of bartender hire and um, uh, the, the the bar hire itself, etc. Um, they can do so without. Um, you know, breaking the bank, they, they can still have bartender quality um, uh, cocktails at their at their party. So um, it's it's just another string to our bow, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, the f- the future of the business isn't um, you know isn't set in stone. Um, you know, like like we said, we you know we do have our our own day jobs, and this is um, you know something that we're we're building slowly. So the pressure on it to perform, to you know pay bills, to you know keep the roof over our head isn't there. So we are very fortunate in that position. We are very lucky for that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just kind of take it one step at a time, I suppose, um, and make sure we do it properly. Make sure we do it right. That's that's kind of the beauty of. of what we can do and how we're going to do it well and i guess also somebody you know could try before they buy almost as well you know if they're thinking of doing an event you are as good as your cocktail that you're making so yeah absolutely definitely um you know if they, if they really enjoy the drinks that we well i make um then yeah it, it, it spurs people on to go actually this would be great for you know dave's 40th or or you know whoever um and that's that. Yeah, it's it's another way that we can market our market ourselves um, for you know the the wider business. Um, it's it's a great advertising tool. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been absolutely fascinating um, talking to to both of you. Um, okay. But bef- before uh, 
I'll let you go. I've got a couple of questions in just a minute to ask you, but how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? So the uh, numerous ways, really. Uh, we have we have our website, which is CheshireMobileBars.com. Um, all our details are on there. We're all over social media, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, we're on Showcall as well for for the cocktails, uh, okay. so you can order through there. Um, but we've also got our own uh, cocktails delivered by Cheshire Mobile Bars uh, website. Um, so, yeah, there's numerous ways to get in touch with us. Okay. And I have a couple of questions before you go, which I sure. always like to ask ask everybody. Um, so what is your favourite gin and how would you serve it? And I, I'd like to ask both of you if I can. Um, oh, that is a difficult one. Uh, it would depend what kind of mood I'm in. If, <laughs> I, if I just want a really good, solid GNT, I'd always go for um, something like a beef eater okay. uh, or a Plymouth gin um, and, and plain tonic, just Indian tonic. Okay. Um, if I'm really feeling a bit extravagant, uh, maybe branching out to like a Monkey 47 um, okay. with uh, a grapefruit um, style tonic. Um, I think with Tory would uh, tend to go for either something similar or something a little bit fruitier, maybe like a pink gin. Um, she's partial to one of those every so often. I, I think a G&T is probably the ideal way to serve it. But again, it depends what kind of mood I'm in. If I am going after a cocktail, um, then uh, you can't be a good gimlet. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's lots of, or just a, a great gin martini actually. Yeah. Uh, or or Tom, really... Tom Collins is always a, a favorite. Tom Collins, yeah. Definitely goes down the tree. Uh, definitely goes down a bit too easy sometimes. Uh, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> and, and what does, what does gin mean to both of you? Now that's changed massively over the past 10 years, I'd say, uh, especially coming from the industry as well. Okay. Um, Gin traditionally was something that was served in any kind of glass you could get your hand on with a little bit of ice, gin at the bottom, and Schweppes or Brit Bit Tonic poured over the top with half a lemon uh, or a lemon slice. <laughs> um, the way I've seen it now uh, to evolve within the industry is um, there's a million and one distilleries, there's a million and one variations out there. There's gin liqueurs, which was never um, even part of the uh, category before. Um, there's flavour profiles that you'd never even dream of, uh, but obviously someone has. Um, so, yeah, gin for me kind of shows the expansion of the drinks industry and how versatile um, things are. Um, and again, a lot of people kind of, especially when gin was coming out, a lot of people were like, oh, well, I don't like gin and tonic. And it wasn't necessarily they didn't like gin and tonic. It was they didn't like what I described to start with was the gin with a little bit of lemon and ice and Sweeps and Britvic. You want to actually try, you know, some good, solid products that are made, um, you know, with quality in mind and not just mass produced, then you you start opening a whole new world of drinking and uh, different cultures. And you look at the way people are spending as well within, within the industry. People are spending more, but on better quality. So they're not consuming as much, but they're spending just as much on on, on what they do drink. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would agree with that. I mean, once you get into craft gins as well, it's, you know, it's a whole different playing field. Huge, 
huge, yeah. definitely. And it, 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 it was it all came down to Sipsmith actually when they when they challenged that. So there was a rule in the UK that gin had to be made uh, uh, to a certain literage, and I believe it to be five thousand liters. Um, someone will probably correct me if I am wrong, um, but they challenged that, and it meant that they could make gin in much less quantity which allowed all these craft gin distillers to pop up here and there and and, and make great products um so those those challenges to the industry and the rules and things like that have really kind of opened up doors for so many other parts of the industry as well hence why rum is becoming really big as well um you know people are starting to look at you know different products and different um flavor profiles to, to match different times of year and Again, different different events and different um, um, kind of uh, experiences, I suppose. Well, I hadn't realised that. So not only have I learned so much, and you know, I, I really admire you and your both of you for your your you know your business acumen and the way you've sort of made your business kind of work for you and your family. I think it's really uh, really amazing to to see. But I've also learned about about gin and, and how, because I always wondered how Sipsmith, I knew Sipsmith was the sort of catalyst, but I didn't realise how. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, both of you, for coming on to the Gin Ignite podcast. No, thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. A big thank you to Harry and Victoria from Cheshire Mobile Bars. Really enjoyed our chat. It really warms my heart to sort of hear the professionalism they show and the that they really want to make their customers feel great for that period of, of, of time that they're with them. I think that's really commendable and I really like to see that and in, in a business. And it's nice also that it's a family-run business. My Instagram shout-out this week is Hannah Drinks. Hannah, I was so pleased to see your post on Sunday. It was definitely a great day for hashtag equality. And you look very cute with your friend's dog, Mickey. It does sound a bit wrong, and I have to sort of uh, say that before I say this, but I really enjoyed your hanky-panky post. I mean, what's lot to like? Gin and vermouth with an orange twist and two dashes of Fernet Branca, which is an Italian bitter, which I didn't know about. I also like your post about the special lemonade. You made a spark me free, of course. I, we had really interesting flavours, uh, honey, lemon, gin blue pea flour and soda water. Sounds like a great kind of cold cure to me. Normally I use rum, but I think I could dig out the non-craft gin and try it um, when I need a sort of bit of a pick-me-up. I also really loved your alternative Negroni that you got from Cocktail Pete, who I have now um, followed because he sounds as though he's got some great cocktails. The gin, vermouth, campari, coffee liqueur, and amaretto sounds a really interesting combination. I think I might need to replace the uh, the Campari with Aperol, but uh, definitely will be following Cocktail Pete for a few more cocktails. And finally, I really loved your session at Art and Bonding. It looks so much fun. Although, you know, I can imagine quite a lot going wrong when you're drinking and painting at the same time. But the pictures look really, really great. Keep up the posts. Uh, I'm so pleased that hashtag equality is starting to move forward. Appreciate it's only a small bit at a time, but everybody should be able to have their own opinions and beliefs respected. Thank you very much for supporting Gin Ignite and the podcast. 
and I will be including you in my stories all week. I would love to hear from you if you want to get in touch at Ignite on Instagram or Twitter. Alternatively, if you want to just tell me about a bit of gossip and you prefer email, then gin.gossip at ginignite.com. You can still tell me gossip on a DM on Instagram and Twitter. Not a problem. The thing that I like about the gin community that I've met so far is that nobody judges anyone for what they believe, what they look like or who they choose to be. The world would be a better place if everyone took that view. Grab your drink, toast those you love, enjoy your weekend and whether you decide to party or stay in, I will be with you in spirit. Seriously though, enjoy your weekend and I look forward to joining you for another episode next Friday. Cheers! (laughs) Thank you.